Oh, like I was going to say earlier before we started recording, um, to be looking into the allegations and then suddenly find out that one of them is a, a bomb threat hoax kind of reminds no, me honestly. of when I was uh, when I was working third shift at the, the place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was like a, a two, three hour overlap between mine and the closers shift. So we would always wind up talking about something. One night we were talking about the cocaine in Coca-Cola and when it was removed. Turns out they removed the cocaine from Coca-Cola like two or three years before cocaine became illegal, which I thought was really weird. But while I was scrolling through the Wikipedia page to learn that, I came across the section that talks about the um, Colombian death squad allegations from the early oh, 2000s. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh. not even allegations. <laughs> like, oh, hey, I know we're just learning about when the cocaine was taken out, but you guys need to hear this. Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome to Casual Obsession, the horror movie podcast where we talk about horror movies. I'm your host, Noah, and with me today are my other hosts. Yeah, I'm Nina. I'm also a host. Hi, I'm Emma. I'm also a host. I'm Jeff. I'm not a host, but I am always here, so. Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. And and we're happy to have him. Honorary host. Honorary, honorary host, <laughs> Jeff. Long-running honorary host, Jeff. <laughs> Consistent guest. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me i was listening to a different podcast was one time i know crazy and uh the first guest they ever had on the podcast they had him on two episodes in a row oh uh because they happened to record a double length episode oh, so they just broke so they it up it. Okay. and had a good time with it but the long-running joke for the next 100 episodes was that he was always there from the beginning and that he just had his mic muted and for their 100th episode they made a big to-do they had him record something beforehand saying hey guys this has been really fun but uh i'm just really feeling like you're talking over me all the time so I quit. <laughs> that's so good that's so great so uh about horror movies, though, today we're talking about Underwater, released on, what, January 8th of 2020? Like, hot damn. Wow. Yeah, early, a, early 2020, where movies go to die in, in January. I was going to say, firstly, they released it um, 10th January, January 10th there. Yeah, this is, firstly, this is when you release movies that you hope do poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that you're going to force to do poorly, because, good lord. But the joke was on what a mess. Them there weren't any movies for the rest of the year. It was just <laughs> Underwater and Fantasy Island and Sonic the so, Hedgehog. Yeah. And it was so was close to being the, the last What a way so to, to go the out. last movie that we saw in theaters. Yeah, it, it was our it was our last movie. It was not. Wasn't it? It was close to. No, uh Invisible Man was our last movie. Oh yeah. Fantasy that was Island a much was better my last one to go one. out on. And the first Birds one since Fantasy one. Island was uh Birds of Prey is a good one to go out on. Birds of Prey is a good one. To Heard go great out things. On. Yeah, yeah Demon Slayer was watching. my first one back as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah me a year too. And a half later. Just watched Everyone's that like last week. It was real great. Maybe, 
Maybe this should have been a Demon Slayer episode. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are demons in it, so... I'm gonna go watch Saw coming up soon, so... I'm... Are you gonna drag me to that one? Do you want to go see Saw in theaters with me? They're... Wait. Uh, Kind of. I'm going opening night. Like original Saw? Yeah, probably then. No, the new one. Spiral. Oh, they're still making more Saw movies. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so tired of there always being (laughs) a new Saw movie every time I turn around. Me and I'm my still not caught up on the last two thirds of them. <laughs> Me and my roommate saw a trailer for that while we were in theater seeing Demon Slayer. Mugen oh, it looks really bad, train. doesn't it? And well, I've never seen any of the saws, so I can't really say whether it looks good or bad for a saw movie. But my roommate made a good point of she's like, I don't know that I can take Chris Tucker seriously in a dramatic role. Chris Tucker. Chris Rock. Yeah, whichever Chris did you, it is. Did you do that on purpose? Because that, if you didn't, you're the second person to accidentally call him Chris Tucker that I've seen today. <laughs> they're both actors that no longer work consistently, and they're both mm. they're both they're both also stand up comedians. That would do yeah. it. So honestly, I can't even blame you. Nah, it for a Wait, saw so movie, it's so it still doesn't look good. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> you're telling me the new saw movie? Which is, uh, what, we're 15 years into the series now? You're telling me the 15th year installment of Saw that has Chris Rock in it, apparently, Actually, isn't going to be good? Actually, I think this good? is the 17th year of Saw. 17th. Yeah. Because we're coming up on 20 years of Saw movies. That's wild. That's I'm too much. I'm so excited. Can Saw is my favorite soap opera. <laughs> Please never make me watch a Saw movie for this podcast. We I it is inevitable. You are going to have to watch at least the first one, but, but the good say, news is the first one's not that bad. The first one is pretty good. Well, the first one's okay, so not I hear good, not that less... bad and pretty good. So. Yeah, no, basically basically pretty good. It is a well-done movie. There's a reason that it got a million like sequels. Yeah. Um, Saw 3 is probably the pinnacle of the franchise. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It the first one is okay. I think they kind of got better as they went along because they embraced the absurdity mm-hmm. a little um, bit. The spe- second speaking, one might be the best one. Got way like, less creative as they speaking went along. of things that mm-hmm. get better as they go along because they embrace the absurdity. Fine, I'll talk about underwater. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, we're here oh to talk about God. that. We're talking about underwater. Okay, so the gist of the movie is there's an underwater oil drilling rig. And we got our people who work on it. And we open up with a terrible, terrible thing happening that destroys the entire station. Uh, well, not in it, not immediately. It destroys immediately 70% of the station. <laughs> and, you know, that's bad. And we get to meet up with all of our uh, all of our protagonists, uh, Kristen Stewart and the other ones. And they all go through a a heartwarming adventure where they walk along the bottom of the Marianas Trench uh, for about a mile to the next drill station so that they can escape because all of the escape pods in their station are broken. Over the course of this heartwarming adventure, which is a monster movie homage to Alice in Wonderland. What? Apparently. He does quote Alice in Wonderland in the very beginning. I don't get that really, but... Well, we'll get see. There. Yep, we'll get back to it. <laughs> um, there's monsters, as it turns out, and that's T.J. Miller. That's 
Uh, TJ Miller is surprisingly TJ Miller is a monster. TJ <laughs> Miller is a monster, but TJ Miller's character Paul Paul what Paul Hollywood Paul Abel Paul Hollywood Paul Hollywood. his character <laughs> Paul Hollywood is surprisingly not the monster of the movie. Wow! Instead, oh, what are they called? They're called clingers. Why are they called clingers? I don't think they ever called them that in the movie. I don't no. think they ever cling to anything either. So what's going on here? They oh, do they cling do. to something. We'll oh, get to I that guess later. We'll get to that part later. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, I think that's a good spoiler-free thing. They that I don't. I gotta be honest. There's not much to spoil in this movie outside of very specific like character points. Yeah, there's really that, not a I ton think you of could like, spoil some and you know the story. one big twist that like had me like screaming. In the okay, movie yeah, theater. there's one big twist at the very end of the movie that Nina was just like, ah. <laughs> and I was just like, no, um, which is definitely what she wants to talk about. I'm so excited, but um, so let's. I would like to go last with my rating on this. Well, wait, does this movie have any but, fun facts? Oh, I was going to hit the fun facts after we did and some about, ratings because some of the fun facts are spoilers. I feel like the fun facts fit best into I feel the like, zone. I feel like you're not adhering to the format you know, in which we I have do, our episodes I do forget whether well. the critical uh, reception or our personal ones. It goes fun ones. facts, critical reception... Then our opinions, Noah. Alright, so I'll hit some fun facts. I really facts. think we should like change 50 that. times now. I, I feel some good like fun facts. we should push the fun facts segment to the spoiler zone. Because a lot of With fun facts about a lot of movies wind up getting into spoilers. Okay, but to tease us for that, I'm going to give us a nice uh, two fun facts. Okay. Um, they actually were wearing giant diving suits that weighed about 100 pounds apiece. Nice. Oh, wow. Um, they were wearing very large exoskeleton suits. They looked um, real. And so. here's here's a biggie. Uh, despite being titled underwater, no scenes were filmed underwater. Wow! Really? Which, wow. None of them? You mean to yeah. tell me? You remember when T.J. Miller was drowning? <laughs> well, he wasn't that drowning. That can't be right. What? Yeah, this this is making me doubt your fun fact website. No, no, no. Here. This one's legit because this is from Bloody Disgusting, and I do trust okay, them as an actual like credible horror site. Wow. That's fair, but um, but yeah, some of those scenes were clearly actually like partially underwater. underwater. No, shot oh, yeah, partially under not... everything. Every shot of this movie was shot in an abandoned Lowe's. Really? What? Excuse yes. me. The what? whole movie was shot in a Lowe's. Are you You're pranking me? me? No, no, <laughs> I'm being 100% honest here. Um, here's another one. Um, Could they not have an Miller actual thought studio? That Hold were... on, what? No, 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 no. It was all shot in an abandoned Lowe's, which is, for the record, a very valid studio space. You put your walls up, you block everything off. It's no different than a big, I tall ceiling yes. Hollywood studio. I understand the concept of a space being changed <laughs> to fit whatever you need it to be, because that's how everything fucking works. But... What? Don't they have actual <laughs> places that are already outfitted for this, though? So you have to do less fixing up work well, you than you to, would with, say, uh, an abandoned goddamn Lowe's? What in the world? Well, here's the thing. Instead of doing green screen work, they did black screen work because everything was shot at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Right, so it's all dark They anyway. just had to make everything inky black. So instead of green screens, it was black everywhere. Every single shot was, like, just a couple tactful, like, lights 
to see where everyone was and black screen. No, I'm so glad you tell us this before we give our ratings because <laughs> Is I was going to give this movie a pretty good rating, but now I have to give it a fantastic rating because that's just so cool. Dude, no, it, it gets better. What's the, what was the budget? Do we know what the budget um, that's was? That's a good question. Let me check. I feel like I saw it somewhere. Estimated 80,000 bucks. What? Oh, wow. That's nothing. But, wow. Considering so it this movie lost, lost money. The effects And probably good. a bulk of that money went well, to our casting, right? No. I mean, a chunk of or it toward, might have, you know, but here's the thing. Most Stewart of it went through the CG. It was the CG. I want to say most of this budget went into the CG because the CG in this movie is Did actually really Did you say 80,000 really when you meant 80 million? I, I meant 80 million. I am oh, so okay. sorry. 80 I million. Like, oh, I am so okay. sorry. Okay. So sorry. I looked up and read it on the screen and I was like, well, that makes a lot more sense. sense. I was like, you telling yes. me they only had a budget of $80,000 and they still like, lost money? I did it, say it that and I lied. It only grossed about half that. Yeah, it grossed worldwide 40 million. Sad. Almost 41. The effects look good. They did. They do so good for the you, amount of CGI that, they that put has in... to be involved in making it. They made it look mm -hmm. really, really good by hiding it in the the dark and stuff, which we can talk. Oh about yeah, later, but yeah, they. Uh, it's very, very clear that they put most of their money into their special effects budget, and it's really, really good. Um, they put enough money into the special effects budget actually that T.J. Miller thought that they were going to. Um, add a CG bunny as a real bunny and not a stuffed bunny huh? because there are a few shots where they had him do his takes with a real live rabbit. Um, so he assumed every time he had the fake, he thought it was real. He thought in the movie it would be real, which is why he <laughs> acts like the stuffed rabbit is a real living animal. That's the reason Amazing. he does that one. That is the reason he does okay, it. It's we're not just have a longer conversation about be... that when we talk about him as a character later, but what in the world they tricked yeah, T.J. Miller into no. thinking that he was going to be holding an actual rabbit? Ah! Yeah. Ah! This yeah. is the best movie ever. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it's, again, I'm it's, so glad you're telling me this. This before is why we, we have the fun facts ratings. before. Well, oh. there's some other fun facts that I'm very excited to talk about, but they'll be waiting. Uh, let's talk about critical reception. You know, um, Roger Ebert. I recall. Isn't he dead? You Isn't know he how dead? he still runs? Yeah, he's dead. He's very dead. Okay. But he still has RogerEbert.com still churns out movie reviews from his peers and his like people who worked for his company. Right. Yada, yada. Um, you want to, I would love you to guess what they gave underwater, knowing that he rates his movies on a one to four scale. Four out of four. No, but very close. They gave it a three out of four. Okay. Really? With the opening line, underwater is the kind of no nonsense B movie with an A-list cast that Hollywood used to make more often. And I was just looking up the usual reviews when I saw that one, and that made me so happy. I, I think that's know. a really good way of putting it. It really mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Let me. I want to find my old underwater review just to see what I rated this the first time around. Nine stars. Um, no, I hated this movie the first no time around. No one liked around. it even less yeah, than I did. I remember you talking about how you thought it sucked. And I yeah. was going into this not expecting to uh to enjoy it the second time. I remember coming out of it and literally telling Noah, well, that was fun. 
Uh, and the end twist like made it for me, but I don't and, think I'll ever watch it again. Uh, and I walked out of it saying that was fun, and the end twist ruined it for me, and I will never watch it again. <laughs> um, and here so I we rated, are. And here I had we rated are. this a five out of ten. Um, <gasps> That's which, so funny. Which wow. puts me in line with most of the critical reception here. IMDb gave it a five eight. Rotten Tomatoes is 47, Metacritic is 48, Letterboxd is two and a half or 2.8 out of 5. It's it's a generally 50% movie. However, huh. however, in this second viewing, I lied, I'm going first now. In this second viewing, I have changed my mind in a big way and I have upped my rating from a 5 to an 8 because this was so much more fun. It was such a dumb movie that just delivers and i loved it the second time around yeah so that's an eight from me uh nina how about you uh yeah i really liked it the first time mostly because of the end and kristen stewart uh who i think does a great job honestly um for her reputation from twilight a lot of people kind of don't expect her to be the like cool action hero but she she really pulls it off in this movie and i love her um i i think that i'm gonna stick with what i probably initially felt i don't do letterbox so i don't know for sure but i think a seven out of ten i don't think this movie got better or worse for me on the second viewing i still just really like it i probably won't ever watch it again (laughs) i'm gonna own it i really liked it (laughs) emma how about you what would you rate this movie what a great question, Noah. You see, in the American Revolution... Okay. I can't believe she rated this 1776. <laughs> <laughs> the only number that matters, brother. No, um, I, this movie was fun. I love Kristen Stewart. Uh, mm-hmm. I never watched Twilight when I was younger, but since coming out as queer and then she's kind of been very queer and has been owning it up in Hollywood lately. I've really enjoyed like her recent stuff. Um, so I was excited to watch this. She does a great job. Uh, the rest, rest of the cast is really solid. Um, I enjoyed the movie. It's a fun ride. I don't know that there is anything like super of substance to this movie. It's just like a yeah. fun time. I would um, agree with that. So I'd I'd give it maybe like a I was gonna say like a six and a half, but I'm gonna bump it up to seven for Kristen Stewart. I respect that. Yeah, I think, that's valid. Honestly, nothing of substance but a good time is probably the best review that this movie could have. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, Jeff, you better give it a better review because we saved you for last, so I'm just saying. Well, coming into this episode. I thought you were about to just say one. Stop. (laughs) One. Well, coming into this episode, I sitting down in this chair to record, I was thinking that I was going to give it like a seven. But after everything that you've just told me about the way that the movie was made, uh, it's a ten. This is one of the best movies I've ever watched. (laughs) Definitely, it's got really good characters. I really like the way that they flesh them out. It's got no story to speak of, really. Yeah. Ultimately, it's fine without one, which is the kind of thing that I usually say as a joke about really bad movies that are entertaining. But like, yeah, I I feel like the whole thing is just you. uh, You're watching an event happen. And 
that's okay and that's it yeah well i mean it's a story what do you mean there's no story that's a story Kristen stewart (laughs) says right there in her monologue at uh, either end of the movie when she talks about feeling helpless and stuff and it's kind of like like that's kind of the experience of watching the movie you're just watching disasters occur over and over as you get to know these characters and then that's it and it does it really well like Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i'm giving it a i'm giving it a soft 10 a a hard seven soft 10 yeah it's in there somewhere okay (laughs) i liked it a lot i'll probably watch it again and like it a lot then fair enough it's pretty reasonable oh my god i just read your triggers (laughs) okay oh boy so i have since nina mentioned this i guess we'll get into the trigger warnings i have three things written down i have one thing well two things I bet one of them is the same, at least. I would imagine uh, so. So the first one is thalassophobia. That's the fear of deep, dark water. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important one to have up there. It's what yeah. the whole movie um, is. So. The, thanks for, the whole movie thanks is, for making me watch this movie, considering I have that. There aren't any sharks. Me too. <laughs> there are no sharks. It's true. Uh, I also put claustrophobia because There's I forgot... Guy how nasty it was watching them put the suits on for the first time. And then you get that one POV shot from inside Kristen Stewart's helmet where you just hear the fan running and she's breathing and it's humming and it's so close. (laughs) Yeah. Not okay. And that was a much more visceral experience this time than watching it in the theater because Mm -hmm. in a theater Mm -hmm. it's at least coming at you from the front, but I was watching this with headphones in and that was not an okay time. Um, and then my last one is, um, <laughs> can I Vor? guess? Oh, Vor? Vor. Vor. Cause the, there the is a distinct the cling- this the clinger warning segment, not when a boner cling- warning segment. <laughs> <laughs> when the clinger like envelops Kristen Stewart oh, in yeah. his giant sack mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So I marked that down because that feels important to me. I don't think you shouldn't watch this movie if you have a problem with that, because it is only the one scene. But it, I think it's a fair thing to point out. What was yours, Emma? I'm curious. Um, Thalassophobia. Yep. So we got that one. And the other one is TJ Miller is in this movie. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. TJ Miller warning. Bare ass shot almost of TJ Miller. He's got the raggediest underwear on and He's it's one played it. like. Yeah, it's played off like you're going to be seeing a sexy shot of one of the women. And then yeah. TJ Miller's face pops into frame. And he's like, oh, they're falling off. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is, he said. And it's just like once more, if they had had like any other comedic actor play that character, I'd be all over him as a character. Like honestly, genuinely. And that's something I want to talk about when we get through into the spoilers. Right. But before but, we hit that, Emma. I think you might have some things to say about how scary or not this movie is. Thank you. Unless anyone else has other triggers. I don't think that there are any others, but you know. Thank you, Noah, for asking me. me. Um, So one scary thing is uh, TJ Bomb Threat Miller is in this movie. I still can't believe that. That was such a whiplash moment when I saw that news headline. Yeah, I had no idea that was a thing until you told me. But yeah, Mm -hmm. so he's in this movie. That's pretty frightening to see him after so many of years of not having to see him in my movies. Um, But also, like, 
I think the big scary thing for me was they're deep, deep, deep underwater, which underwater is terrifying. We know what mm-hmm. lives in the water. Sharks. And you don't know, like the movie straight up starts off with the station kind of like imploding. There's been like a hole breach or something. You don't know what caused the hole breach. There's stuff banging on the outside and you don't know what it is the entire time. Well, not the entire time, but for a large portion of the movie, you don't know what it is. The first like 30 minutes. Yeah. So the entire time I was thinking, what if it's sharks? And I was so scared. Um, just expecting a shark to kind of plop out of nowhere any second. But then Mm -hmm. uh, you find out it's not sharks, and then it's not really scary anymore. So the first (laughs) 30 minutes, 10 out of 10. The last hour, like, 6 It's still underwater, but it, It's still underwater, which is scary. But 6 out of 10. There we go. That's pretty good. Is it spoiler time, my dude? It is We're spoiler, spoiler time, my dude. So, Noah, why don't you start so us off with a spoil summary? The spoil summary is, you know, as, as Emma mentioned, it's not sharks, but it is a monster. As we also mentioned when I referred to the Clingers. Um, they're big, rubbery fishmen. Um, they're really kind of gross. They're like boogers, if boogers could walk. Um, you know... The classic <laughs> booger men. <laughs> Interesting way to describe them. Uh, I don't know that I agree with that description, but go off, King. So, um, what ends up happening is as the crew tries to make their way from the main station to the Roebuck Drill, which is about a mile away, um, they get picked off one by one. One guy, his suit uh, cracks under the pressure from the bottom of the ocean and he implodes. Uh, which was that added a whole new level of, oh, I don't want that to happen to me under my book of I'm afraid of the ocean. Yep. Uh, even though that's nothing that could ever happen to me because I will never, ever go down into that deep of an area of the ocean. But, you know, you never know. Um, TJ Miller gets ripped in half. Yep. Um, and the imploded. captain who the captain who was the guy who played the French criminal in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Captain Lucian. Vincent Cassel. Very French man. Very French man. The Frenchest, um, perhaps. He's, he's the cool. Frenchiest. Um, but yeah, he gets dragged up uh, surface direction by one of the clingers and, then and blows uh, up. detonates. Um, yikes, poor him. And it ends up going down to just Kristen Stewart and her two friends making their way into the drill. They get to the drill just in time to see uh, the big twist at the end of the movie, the big monsters Cthulhu. It's literally also, Cthulhu. Uh, I really don't think called, it's Cthulhu. It's no, it's confirmed Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Confirmed. That's pretty uh, lame. They, production <laughs> notes called him you the behemoth. And I have originally, a story about that. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, originally not going to be Cthulhu, but they peppered in vague enough details that they decided to just go for it at the end. Um, Kristen Stewart gets everybody to the escape pod bay where there are three pods. They load up two of them and she's like, well, the third one's broken. So you guys go up without me because you love each other and my husband's dead. And she decides to stay down there. And when it becomes clear that 
Cthulhu is about to send the clingers up to grab the escape pods and they will not escape otherwise, she detonates the drill. Because that is apparently something you can do <laughs> from any computer terminal. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That was... That, like, she was just, she wasn't even in a command deck. She was just in a spot. Because she wanted to run to the command deck, but it, it blew up. And uh, Cthulhu literally, like, just freaking plays like whack-a-mole and just slams a couple corridors and turns them and shuts them off. Uh, and one of those is the command deck, because you hear the AI go, command deck sealed. And you're like, oh, well, yeah. shit, now she can't do anything. Nope, turns out just any old computer will do. Unless it's trying to imply that she was sealed into the command deck. But the I mean, other one like, said the something else the, when he slammed it. It is the room with the escape pods in it, so it does kind of make sense for a self-destruct control to be located in that area. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, yeah. Kind of. But, but also, it wasn't, it it wasn't a, like a self-destruct button. She just put too much energy into like the drill, and it blew. That's true. Oh, she do okay. be blowing yeah, that things up. That doesn't make so much sense, I suppose. But yeah, so here we are. Um, that's how the movie ends. She detonates... And Nina and I both have a vivid memory of bare yeah, ass Cthulhu trying to climb out of the pit. But that is apparently not true. That never happened because we can't find a single image of caked up Cthulhu because we both remember butt cheeks. We, yes, both, remember we both remember him two having human legs cheeks. and a butt. But I can't find anything. Here, I have an artistic that's... rendition that I at least one of you might have seen at this point. Yeah, yeah. anyone um, who follows Nina on Twitter will have seen uh, Cake Thulu. Cake Thulu. Let me go. Let me go Hold find up. him. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, but <laughs> then you both that is, seen... <laughs> We both remember that happening. I remember him like crawling out of it, and you see his legs, like two normal legs, because I remember we both came out of the theater and we were like, "Wow, Cthulhu's face looks like." great as a cthulhu design it's very different it looks a it's lot like the design for the clingers so it's consistent um it works but then when you see the rest of his body it's terrible and i still think that i think him having a normal like chest with pecs and shit which he still does have even in like the the version we just saw um I still think that looks stupid. I don't know how else they would have done it, but I feel like uh, it does not look that super great. I do think it's better, honestly, than the design that Noah's sharing. That's the like original behemoth design. Mm -hmm. This is a very personal thing on my like behalf. Like per this is like I am aware you guys might not agree with this. I loved that it was Cthulhu. Because it's so out of pocket. It's like you decided to. There was no buildup, it felt like. And then it's like, yeah, it's no, Cthulhu. None. So that's the funny thing is there actually was buildup. There was a little bit. So of there up. is one scene. And I caught when, this in the theater and I'm really proud of myself for yep, it. <laughs> they get when Kristen Stewart gets to Shepherd Station and she opens up the captain's locker. We find a few things there, like that the captain's daughter died when she was 14, and that's why he accidentally said she was 14 years old. Right. But there's also a bunch of lines on the map that intersect where the Roebuck drill is now, and there's a little sketch that kind of looks like a Cthulhu, and there's another sketch that is a pentagram with a skull on it. Oh. And this was them trying to build... um their monster mythos that they were going for originally they were going to pick a different lovecraft monster yes who were they do you remember who they were oh, going for frick. i remember it's 
it's one of the ones, you know. <laughs> it was like Yob Snagoth or something. It was not Yob. It was not Yob. It wasn't Yob. It wasn't Yob. It wasn't. Sad. No, it was uh, one of the other ones. He's the other most well known one, I think. Yeah, no, it was Would a different like, one. Let me look it up. Like the Shogoths or something? Um, Maybe. Dagon. It was Dagon. Oh. Oh. It was Dagon. Dagon. <laughs> That's once you said it, I'm like, yeah, it was Dagon. So they were they considered Dagon, but then they decided to just go with the biggest name recognition. Uh, which I makes a certain fair. amount of sense. I respect it well enough. Um But yeah, there was uh there was a lot that they could have done with this movie, but they decided to go with Cthulhu instead. Now the uh the design I shared with you guys, if anyone wants to see it, um just Google um Alice in Wonderland meets HP Lovecraft and find the bloody disgusting article about this movie. It is the header image. It makes him into more of a scuttling monster, which I gotta oh. be honest, I like the idea. It makes more sense for a bottom of the sea dwelling monster. I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. this but, is this is my biggest problem with this movie, actually. Um, I can get to you can finish and then I'll okay. talk about it. But I also like the idea of them going away from this is just a big thing that lived at the bottom of the ocean to this is actually a giant problem because yeah, crab man would be a big problem, but crab man just looks like a star Wars extra. Whereas Cthulhu does not know what I'm saying. Well, and and Cthulhu I feel like has there's a lot of, uh, sorry, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Okay. Cthulhu has a lot of thematic implications about yeah. greed and the corporation that built the, um, the drig, the drig, the drill rig. Uh, also known as a drig. It has a lot of thematic implications about um, like humanity and the drill's involvement in kind of waking up Cthulhu, which is yeah. like, I think that's why it's fun to me that it's Cthulhu, is it does like kind of play a little more into those themes. Um, I think it works even if it isn't Cthulhu. But, but Cthulhu historically has the whole cult thing going on, true. and to turn a capitalist drill rig into fundamentally a cult is is super fun, in my opinion. Yeah. Ooh. So it would have been really I cool if they would have been... gone like a like a Dead Space three angle with it, and it was that like the the corporation was owned by a Cthulhu worshiping cult, and they were trying to wake See, him up on purpose. Honestly, yeah. the implication cool is to, there that. is that there's at least a splinter cult like that. That's within why the notes the organization. in the locker were interesting to me on first viewing. I got they the did start drilling again. I got the idea more that it was like kind of an accident and just a, a consequence of their greed. Yeah, the the locker notes imply that there is some intention here, especially with the way the captain says that the shepherd station is gone and like totally inaccessible was kind right. of his implication. Uh, even though it is distinctly still there and even powered on still. Yeah. Um, shows kind of like that they're trying to hide something, you know? Emma, what were you going to say? I hadn't been listening because I was looking for Cthulhu booty. Um, <laughs> right? But where where did you guys watch this? Because I watched on HBO and there was a scene where Cthulhu was kind of like crawling out of a pit away from the explosion Mm -hmm. I don't remember seeing them cheeks, but I That's might have thing, just yeah. missed like, it. He is crawling out of the pit, but he's got like tentacle legs or... Or you just can't see. I can't, can't see, see much below his waist. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that... here. Full full disclosure. I don't think there's a different version where he does have cheeks or, and two legs. I think 
We were both so disappointed with the Cthulhu design that we built a false memory where he had two legs and cheeks. That is why. Because that was, that was, full disclosure, the thing I was most worried about. As soon as he stood up and you saw him, I'm like, so help me. If I see his full body, I'm going to be so mad. And then at the end of the movie, they show his full body and I was so mad. Yeah. I feel like. I, I just. No, go ahead. Uh, I feel like a really important thing for a monster like that, be it Cthulhu or not, but especially if it is Cthulhu, you need to be really careful not to do a full body shot because if you can't see the whole thing at once, you get the impression that it is even huger than they're showing it to be. You know, and that yes, was my disappointment. And that's a huge problem with this one is that when, it yeah. does the show full that body full shot, shot makes him feel too limited. Small. He feels tiny. Yeah. When they vaporized Cthulhu, he's too small. I'm looking at him and I'm like, that guy's not bigger than a skyscraper. Yeah. Skyscrapers are taller than this Cthulhu. Here's the even thing, though, though I know this underwater drill is massive. Right. And the amount of space he's taking up is massive. Huge. I also know. That the clingers are taller than the average person by about three feet, but like you see them on his body, you can actually so size up about what he is. He's but, huge, and he's huge. Yeah, but he didn't look that big. Yeah, that's the like, one, that bummed me. Once out. they show the full body shot, it kind of ruins it because. But like up until that shot, they had built his size so effectively. Right? Yeah. With the shot of the clingers like draping from one of his tentacles. Yeah. Like that's so cool. Like design wise yeah. and concept wise that like and um I don't remember where I got this idea or if Noah and I talked about it, but since it is Cthulhu, one thing that I had thought was like these clingers are humans and cultists who have like gotten such devotion to Cthulhu that they're now just kind of like suckled to his body. I think that's probably me making shit up, but that's how I like to think of them. I I agree that it's you making shit up, but I also don't want to discount the fact that they could be worshippers still. That's a neat idea for sure. If there had been any indications of that, then that would be right. I really wish they just developed a little more of that shit. You could make the argument that um, that they might be sort of grown from corpses if we want to look at it that way because the the one that is what we little saw. thing that jumps out at T.J. Miller's face and reminds me of that scene from Alien where they lay it down mm-hmm. on the table and they're like, what the hell is this? That that scene, that little mm-hmm. thing uh, is obviously like sort of a, a larval clinger. So I sort of got the impression from my this isn't Cthulhu read of the movie that um, those thing the the little the little larva thing and the full size clinger and then Cthulhu were just like three different stages stage. in the life cycle of this one creature so if uh you know maybe the clingers live for a thousand years the way that deep sea organisms tend to and they get that big or something like that mm-hmm. you know okay it's so. honestly if it weren't confirmed cthulhu that's not a bad read mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure um so you referenced alien nina do you have something related to this before i, I was gonna do exactly what you're doing so go ahead cool. <laughs> so i was I would also like to planning talk. to do this as well what is this tight <laughs> so emma i'm going to go out on a limb and say that you have not seen the movie alien right I thought she has i've seen alien yeah oh nice. perfect i don't know why i assumed you hadn't but i'm glad you have because we're about to get spoilery for alien um There's been a lot of criticism of this movie from myself included originally that this movie was a cheap alien ripoff. 
And I would like to counter that because I so heard some I. other opinions about it that made me change my mind. Um, firstly, this is a new movie. Alien has not had a good alien movie since the 80s. Um, That's true. Nothing of the old alien formula of Alien 1 and 2 has existed since then. The other alien movies were not like that. We have this really like disconcerting monster stalking you not much you can do about it movie again that just happens to instead of being in tight ship corridors is in the endless expanse of the bottom of the ocean where you can't wander more than five feet away from your light rope or else you're dead you know and it's it's really cool it's really fun and this is a new movie to bring this story that um you know, people who don't like older movies might have never looked at Alien just because it is a movie from the 70s. That movie right. is almost 50 years old now. Like, that that's a while ago. And it's a really yeah. good movie. It's a very, very good movie. Very worth watching. But new fans to horror, there's so much good stuff coming out right now. There's so much new, really high quality stuff that you can spend all your time watching new horror movies and never have the time to go back to the old stuff, you know? Yeah. And now here's, here's the alien story again, bringing that story to a new audience. And now maybe people will see, Oh, it's just like alien. Maybe now they'll go watch alien. You know, that's great. That's yeah. cool. Also, it, I think but, it brings in enough elements from other sources that it shouldn't be dismissed as just an alien ripoff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also it's PG 13. This is a really good example of PG-13 horror. Yeah. Because this is actually scary. Like, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot more the second time, and I think it's because when I watched this in the theater, my anxiety was cranked up to a 10 because it was really... Because you thought it might be sharks. Yeah, I thought it might be sharks. Yeah. <laughs> and I could not just stare at the screen and be okay with it. It was not, it was an uncomfortable time. And I think that's probably why I enjoyed it more, but you know, this is PG 13 aliens rated R that makes it a little less accessible. In addition to its age, there's a lot that this movie has going for it. It really does. Yeah. And it has a few obvious nods, like them throwing down the larva on the table. And it's just like, well, that's actually a scene straight from, yeah. Alien. Right down to the way that it jumps at his face while he's out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's very blatant. Yeah. And that's not a problem. Yeah, it's okay. Like, I like that they owned up to it and made it obvious. Like, hey, this so is... So here is a mm -hmm. fun fact. Let's hear it. So, in reference to uh, you saying Alien is rated R, so that makes it a little more inaccessible, which is true. Mm -hmm. um, fun fact that I learned recently from... Um, I've been watching a kind of game show from College Humor called Um Actually. I do love, I love every um, clip I've seen from that. Would it recommend so watching good. some episodes. It's really fun. But one of the things was um, they were talking about how Steven Spielberg like originally wrote the screenplay or whatever that eventually became both E.T. and Poltergeist. Uh -huh. Um and uh, no way <laughs> yeah but um like the thing that they the um actually of that was that actually both movies were pg because back then pg-13 hadn't didn't exist because mm -hmm. 
it wasn't made a thing until 1984. Yep. And Alien came out 1979. So that's why all the old James Bond movies are rated PG, even though there's um, full nudity in some of them. <laughs> yeah. I've had guys try to convince me that they're rated R. That's not true. They're, it's not. My boss almost like threw hands with the guy one time. <laughs> I don't want to see the R-rated James Bond movie. I gotta be honest. I feel like they wouldn't be fun. <laughs> but I'm a James Bond, continue. but he says fuck. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> a fucking Actually, I would martini. watch that. <laughs> um, i like the idea of it being like that like it's just all the normal dialogue but then they just slip it into places that it doesn't really belong that might yeah. actually be a better version of the movie maybe and felix lighter with the fucking cia <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i mean if alien had come out a few years later or if PG-13 became a thing a little bit earlier. Who knows? Alien might have been PG-13. Potentially. Could have been. I don't know. I think getting uh, H.R. Geiger in there with his phallic monster designs might have still been too much. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. That man but was just like, never know for we sure. put penises everywhere. <laughs> Smiley face. Penises are scary. <laughs> they <True>. are. <laughs> have you ever seen Alien? The scariest penis I've ever seen. <laughs> a penis that has another penis that pops out and bites you yikes so now that we're talking about design i think that's actually a great place to jump <laughs> off to um i have actually a big problem with the character design in this movie and, oh yeah and that's that like you know what deep sea creatures look like we've all seen some deep sea creatures in our lives we've all seen the blobfish when it's brought up to the, the surface blobfish <laughs> is one thing but i'm talking about that one thing that has the really long legs um, I'm sorry, I'm getting jeebies just talking about this. This is really Crabs. rough. A lot of undersea creatures, no. <laughs> a lot of undersea Jellyfish. creatures are, there it is. Oh, it looks like a bacteria. Yeah, uh, except it's huge. <laughs> um, a lot of deep sea creatures are really really weird looking it's called a big fin squid <laughs> please please share it in the chat uh the, you guys need to squid. be aware that this thing is I absolutely need you to understand terrifying that to this look looks at. like it's asking for its turn on the xbox <laughs> he looks like he's doing that t-pose where you have your arms down it's uh if i ever uh, encountered one guy. of these in the water i would like die i just I, I would too. oh I would yeah too. those things are creepy yeah, yeah so that kind of thing. There's a lot of deep sea creatures and we're all kind of familiar with like the look that a lot of deep sea creatures have. Um, I'm not sure personally that the clingers really capture that. I think TJ Miller's character nails it when he says like Slenderman looking bitch. Like it, it's like you can't lampshade the fact that you have kind of a lazy creature design and then just move on. I guess you can because they did. Mm. But um, I, I personally, uh, I they think look I'm a gonna, little too human for me. I think I'm gonna respectfully disagree with you here. All right. Ooh. Um, not that I love the creature design or anything, but I feel like there are a lot of mythoses and other things about deep sea humanoids um, mm. that kind of look similar. Yeah. Like, I know Aquaman has a storyline about deep-sea humanoids that look kind of similar to the monsters that are in here. Yeah. And, like, Cthulhu mythos and stuff, I'm sure, has stuff. Yeah. But I think 
pulling from those sorts of things, it, I think it fits in line with all of that, even though it doesn't necessarily fit in line with what like actual deep sea life looks like. But if they wanted to do that, then I think drop the Cthulhu thing entirely. That's fair. Mm -hmm. I think that it just disappoints me a little because the deep sea stuff already has like so much creepy stuff going on and it's creative in a way that humans never could be. You know, like the way the deep sea life has evolved is like beyond our wildest imagination as far as like what they've needed to do to survive. So like the human imagination could never capture that. And I think that this this movie is a good example of that is that what we imagine to be lurking in the sea is nowhere near as otherworldly as what is actually there Mm, yeah that's my personal opinion i do still think the clingers are creepy and that shot of them hanging on to cthulhu is never gonna leave my head i i think that's (laughs) such a good shot yeah we never get a fantastic look at the clingers do we um, I think we get a pretty good, good one when we she get, blows the one guy up. When we the get one, a like, good idea of her. it, but for the most part, they are always obscured somehow, whether it's by yeah. just the darkness in the water or, or whatever. Oh, I'm sorry. So these things are 12 feet tall. <laughs> get yeah, they're your a little heart bit out. taller than a normal they're, person. They're taller than uh, I thought they Lady Dimitrescu. The, they, they could swallow the vampire lady. Wow. Somebody wants to see that. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I feel like I could make a buck off Fan of that artists. art. I bet you could. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that, but, but, but imagine, if, imagine if it existed. <laughs> just imagine if somebody drew that, guys. Like, oh, I mean, like, I wouldn't look at it, so I wouldn't be interested, it. but just like imagine. <laughs> if someone wants to pay me $200, I will draw that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm looking at concept art of these dudes, and I only just realized that there is a there a diving suit next to them for scale that does not even come up to their waist. Oh wow! Yeah, that was the impression that I got. I was surprised earlier when you said they're only a few feet taller than a person. I was just kind of like, oh, that's yeah. I was clearly not the mistaken. Movie I watched <laughs> because they are they're a solid twelve to fourteen feet tall. Because uh, I mean. What's his name? Uh, Lafranche. He's like Lafranche. He's six foot two. <laughs> Isn't that the guy from Flushed Away? <laughs> <laughs> Vincent Castle is six two. Yeah, and that's he's what about I just said. half their size. I yeah, just no, said no. Sorry, I am processing. You said he was. Did you say he was exactly six two? Yes. Damn, I'm. So, I, Look I was already desi- busy googling honestly, it. The more close-up, clean shots I get to see of these things, the more, I guess, outside of their obvious humanoid elements, they really do look a lot like um, deep-sea fish. Because have you ever noticed that anglerfish are all bone and muscle and they look yeah. shredded as hell? They look yeah. like um, they look like those dinosaur reconstructions where you just stretch the skin over the, the skeleton. Which mm-hmm. honestly yeah. makes it seem more or less unreasonable when people are like, Ah, here's our dinosaur we came up with where it's like, well, you're very clearly wrong and there's a lot of evidence to prove that there is no way they would be like that. But simultaneously, there are a lot of fish that look just like that. And reptiles are a little less uh, not like that than other creatures. But... um, Mm -hmm. Point being. Point being, that that clingers, man. I like how there's a frog just kind of vibing here on the side of this reference. (laughs) It's like... 
They're gonna look like a frog. This frog is fucking huge. <laughs> I think, aren't they supposed to be? You know what the monsters be? ought to be? They ought to be this frog, but just make it gigantic. <laughs> Here's my thing. Are they so did they did I miss a line where they talk about them being kind of amphibious? No. Uh no. no okay. There, there was not one. All right. I thought there was a, a nod towards them being able to survive slightly out of water. Uh, I mean, one so, would no. imply since they can walk on two legs that maybe they could. But also, as we know from our good friend the blobfish, they will probably pop when they get to the surface. Well, yeah. Right. Uh, unless they're kept together by the magic of the the great sleeper, who knows? <laughs> Perhaps yes. I mean, who knows? Cthulhu didn't seem to be using a whole lot of magic in this movie, though. He was more just slapping stuff. Yeah, he didn't I'm cast so- a single fireball. Yeah, they just woke That's him Cthulhu's up like signature hours move before. The fireball. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's known you- for. They're like, oh no, it's Cthulhu. I hope he doesn't fireball me. Cthulhu's just like, I cast fireball. He's known for (laughs) casting fireball and summoning sharks. Those are his things. Do you think Cthulhu would cast Eldritch Blast? No. No, No, he walks into the room and they're like, all right, before you see, and he's like, I cast fireball. Yeah. The first, uh, right away. He's honestly, he's the worst player. And every time the DM, Dagon, is like, damn it, Cthulhu, can you let me describe the room before you cast Fireball? (laughs) Who are you even casting it at? And Cthulhu's like, like, I don't care. (laughs) There's an oil rig right there. It's going to explode when you cast that. If you'd let me describe that to you. you... Fireball. (laughs) All right, you explode. I'm turning on the table harder and harder. (laughs) Can we talk about the Alice in Wonderland thing, though? I would like to. I'm dying for an explanation. What is that? So like, there's a lot of little ref. Firstly, TJ Miller at one point, um, after referencing a line from the book offhandedly earlier in the movie, he makes another reference to it. Let me find it in my notes. He makes like three references because he makes a second book quote. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, what he's just like in the book. Yeah, he literally uh, he just says, says something, well, and in it's the like, book, Alice cries so many tears that she almost drowns in them. Yeah, and it's like, dude, no one is on the same page yeah, as no you one's... with this book. I get you have an Alice in Wonderland boner because it's on the back of your suit. And you got a rabbit. And, and a you rabbit. have a r- white rabbit, which he thought was real. <laughs> and you've got, like, I get he's got a lot of stuff that he, like, as a character, is very aware of. But no one else here has read the book. Is it's he supposed very to be clear. a Mad Hatter allegory? He definitely I has guess to be, so. right? It definitely seems unhinged. like he is just a, like you said, just an unhinged weirdo dude. And everyone else in the cast is just like not talking about it, which I absolutely loved. Just like how I didn't Honestly, mind his in the book comment because I was just like, yeah, he would say that, and they would just let him. That's what would happen in real life. So oh, there were people trying to tell me there was a Cthulhu tattoo on yeah, his chest. I was about to it's ask. the Chesser cat. It wasn't the one on his stomach like something that oh, was mate. Cthulhu-y? I don't know. I didn't take a but look. But he has a Chesser cat on his chest. I'm about to Google chest. this, but let's find out. Um, but yeah. That. Yeah, he's got a Cheshire cat on his chest. He's got uh, We're All Mad Here on the back of his suit. He's got a white rabbit. Yeah. He references the book a lot. Uh, there's a Queen of Hearts taped to the back of the chair that um, Kristen Stewart sits in in the command deck. Oh, um, there's a lot of stuff that happens. Huh. It's pretty great. Uh, but I really personally, I do not see how this is really connected to Alice in Wonderland outside of them saying it is connected to Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, and here's our proof. Like- 
we yeah. referenced Alice in Wonderland 37 times. Yeah, it seems like they made a bunch cuckoo. of references and thought that that made it something. No, it's a Cheshire cat. I really don't see it. I know it is a Cheshire cat story or anything. But I can't the director, visualize the it. The director says it is a Cheshire cat. There is a Cheshire cat underneath it. Like, I see, because there's the cat. But above it, what is that? That is the cat wearing a crown or something. That's but the director, to be fair, also said that this movie is Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> which is obviously not true. Yeah, it's He's like, there's a lot of cool not. nods to Alice in Wonderland. Um... You know, yeah, maybe but it's every like nod a really just amounts to the writers article. saying, "Hey, we're nodding to Alice in Wonderland." Like, here's the thing: I think that if they'd gone, like, this is just true of so many movies we've watched on this podcast, where it's like, if you had taken this to the full conclusion, it would have, like, the ideas of doing this movie with some underwater, like, Alice in Wonderland vibes, or like a full-on Cthulhu thing where you actually have, like, cosmic horror elements. That would have been great. But instead, what we got was, like, a wild, fun time that felt more like a uh, modern take on Alien Underwater than it feels like an Alice in Wonderland or Cthulhu movie. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. I like this movie a lot for what it is, but I think that claiming that it's a Cthulhu movie or claiming that it's an homage to Alice in Wonderland is fundamentally misleading about the tone of the movie, which is way closer to Alien than either of those things. Mm. Yeah, true. The way he see the director saw it, he saw Nora's story, Nora being Kristen Stewart, um, as a sort of monster movie take on Alice in Wonderland with Nora slash Alice traveling deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. And I don't I just see it as a it's just an event happens and she walks through the event. Yeah, it's yeah. more like a disaster getting, movie than anything else. It yeah. doesn't get weirder and wackier as it goes on. It just goes. Yeah. You just find more out. Alice in Wonderland isn't about Alice uncovering more truths as she goes along. It's just things getting more unexplainable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's fine. Like but Lord like, of the Rings is like Alice in Wonderland because Frodo... <laughs> this goes further and further down this rabbit hole. I gotta be honest, yes, I like does. that. That read is better than this read. That's really funny. But yeah, you know, so that's... I don't it's know. an idea. Like, it's a concept. Um, I do like... The only thing I like about that take is the Nora-Alice comparison. Because Nora really does just take the shit that's thrown at her. She really does. Um, I she do really like does. This, <laughs> I love the scene in the um, the out of commission uh, area that isn't out of commission where she finds out all this stuff about like the captain um, and she has that moment of breakdown. Mm -hmm. That's basically the only moment of breakdown that she has in the whole movie where she's like thinking about just like destroying shit and like losing it for a minute there. But she pulls herself together and that really lends to her final moment in the movie where she decides to like make the two lovebirds get out alive and blow herself up. It really feels like we've seen her character come to the conclusion that like shit's bad and she might not be getting out of here alive, but that's okay. It feels like we did get to see her think that through. Yeah. I remember mm. when Alice did a big murder suicide. She, it kind of was, wasn't it? Her final monologue about feeling helpless, but it's just a feeling that you're helpless when she's staring down the actual like 
personification of human helplessness, Cthulhu, is just so great to me. I kind of really love <laughs> that. That's cheesy as hell, and I did hate it. <laughs> yeah, well, it you promised Twitter that you would go off about strong female characters I'm, or something. That is where, exactly what I'm doing right that? now. That is what I'm doing right now. You I said just... you would do the whole episode. Uh, yeah, but, but Noah talked about a bunch of stuff because it's his episode, so I guess <laughs> it's just his. <laughs> if Nina wants to pick this movie next week to talk about Kristen Stewart, she can, but I have other things to talk about. Like <laughs> she, she has to pick Boss Baby. Yeah, it's true. The classic horror movie. Uh, no, Kristen Stewart absolutely kills it in this movie. I, I loved everything about her characters. All of these characters felt really well rounded, and I enjoyed all of them. Honestly, um, like even even T.J. Miller's character. Once more, if it were anyone else, I would have loved the character. Um. Sorry, you're making Actually, clacky I, noises over there. You, sorry, that's my distraction. Go ahead. I also, uh, Jeff, I felt like you had some things to say about TJ Miller's character. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Paul. Because I made a note somewhere that I'm pretty sure it was just because of knowing who TJ Miller is. But I found Paul to be a little too distracting as a character and a little less with it. To the point where I made some note about saying, you know, I really just want him to deliver his lines a little more seriously like everyone else's. Because it feels like he was playing a totally different movie than everyone else. Yeah, I feel Which like I think that's true. Partially works for his like. It partially works for his like clearly unhinged character. Yeah. While it also doesn't quite work for me because, um, I don't know. I just wanted him to be a little more on theme with everyone else. I don't, you know what I mean? Like there were a couple moments where everyone else was like frantic and panicked and he just came in and he's like, well, man, this is pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're all mad down here, aren't we? <laughs> hey, little Paul. And it's like, eh, you know. Yeah. Um, if, if I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So it it felt to me like um, the the absurdity of Paul as a character kind of draws attention to the characterization of everyone else in the movie. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. if we didn't have him being this like ridiculous, like caricature of what he is, you would end up thinking less about the other characters and they would all come across a lot flatter, which they're not. These are actually okay. pretty well fleshed out characters from what I could see. Yeah, like Kristen Stewart mentions that What's-Her-Name's boyfriend is actually one of her friends from the surface, uh and you get a hint at that when she steals a photo of her husband and the guy that was vibing on his console. She snags that, and then uh, she's like, I made him promise to never talk about it down here, but he was my friend up there as well, and he knew my husband. And it's like, oh, Cool. Like, okay, there's more going on with these people here. Yeah, there's, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of that just in the way that we see them all, like, react to the events that occur, like, what their priorities are. Kristen Stewart's character, her priority is always just straight to, like, you know, what can I do? What can I be doing right now to try and alleviate this disaster? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and with um, Smith and the captain, it's kind of the same with them. They're very focused just on what do they need to do next. But the mm-hmm. captain is only focused on that like secondarily because when he first encounters like her and uh, what Rodrigo, when they when they find the captain at the first, uh, his immediate priority once they get the door open is just making sure that they're okay. Yeah, he wants to and get he, them like, out. He won't of here. even think about what to do to fix the situation until he has verified that they are okay. Mm-hmm. And once he has figured that out, then he's then he's all business. He's all just, what do we do? What do we do? And uh, I don't know. I thought it was neat seeing every character's priorities laid so blatantly like that. I think that's kind of neat. That is nice because that's it what happens really cool. in a disaster situation, mm-hmm. like what they're facing there, and mm-hmm. all their responses. The way that like um, Emily just like locks up and can't process anything and she needs to just like try and talk through everything to try and be able to grasp any of it. Even that's like, there's some always going to be somebody who reacts that way. There's always going to be people that are all business, just trying to accomplish things. And there's always going to be a a TJ Miller who's prioritizing his stuffed animal and cracking jokes all the time, because that's the only way that he knows how to respond to things. You know, like I, I like that a lot. I really liked how, despite the situation, every character was so fundamentally selfless, like every single one of them. A lot of people died because they were putting other people first. Rodrigo is the first death, and he knew that helmet was cracked when he took it. Yeah. Um, but he did it because it was the only way. He, did, he, he knew, and just like with Kristen Stewart at the end, he knew if he mentioned it, it would start an argument that would end up taking up so much time that everyone else would die yeah so he just lied and Kristen Stewart take Nora takes cues from that at the end and does the same thing and the captain dies selflessly both both of the uh the lovebirds I can't even remember their names but both of them are prepared at the end to be the last ones in the pod like T.J. Miller's character Paul also you know, it makes a lot of jokes to try and help other people lighten up, specifically Emily. Like, all of these characters are not necessarily perfect people, but they are committed to taking care of each other. And I really liked that. No one's the evil spy who's going to turn around and betray the others to yeah. try and be the one who gets out alive. Um, yeah, there's I really not, enjoyed there's that. There's not an asshole in the team. No, which is I really liked that. Really nice because usually the team in an ensemble cast like this one, usually there's an asshole who might have like a redemption moment at the end or something, but is just a dick through the rest of the movie. And we don't get that with this one. Everybody yeah. really is just trying to work together. That's that's really good. It's I really, really cool. do like it. Um but yeah. I also I when we Noah was talking about TJ Miller being distracting. This is like a big beyond TJ Miller being a scumbag. Um, He is distracting in every movie I've ever seen him in. He always feels like he's like either trying to be the main character or is just in a different movie. I guess that's actually kind of fair. When when he's in Deadpool, he does try to run every scene he's in, doesn't he? Yeah. It really does come across (laughs) that way. Yeah. I have never I've never really liked him in any movie I've seen him in even before like I heard about him being a shitbag. So fair enough. So I'd like to talk conspiracies. Y'all down? Okay. Sure. Um, Jeff, what were you thinking for a theme song for conspiracies? (laughs) 
Well, I'm on the spot here. I feel like Graham. Oh no, I didn't even I feel have like a nightmare. This is a good time for. for <laughs> I feel like this is a good time to slip in. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Oh, that would do it. Ooh. Okay. No one coming in clutch. Okay. Okay. I mean, depending Same on the conspiracy, yeah. it could be that, or it could be like uh, Electric Eye, or. Hmm. Electric Avenue. It could be Electric Eye. That that's appropriate for almost anything, really. Yeah. Um, I was thinking more of a kind of Jesus is a friend of mine vibe. <laughs> okay. Jesus is it a is friend of mine. Conspiracy time. Conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's good. Let's, song, let's go with that. All right. So, you ready? Yeah. Shepherd Station. Okay. Firstly, the captain has a locker at Shepherd Station. Whatever happened at Shepherd Station, he was aware of it because he was, a, he was still the captain. I don't know if he was the entire captain of uh, what's it called Kepler, the first drill mm-hmm. that they were on. I don't know if he was the only person in charge of that or if he was just in charge of their area because it feels like a big drill. It has a six ton drill bit on it. The station feels larger than just one captain, but who knows? Didn't he say it was like a 60, like a well, I guess like a 6,000 ton drill? Oh, well. I thought it he's that I thought he said like six thousand pounds. No. But sixty ton, six thousand ton. Regardless, it's a big ass drill. It's a big ass drill, yeah. Feels like you need more people than just one captain would command, but irrelevant. He was still a captain at Shepherd Station. And Shepherd Station looked like a resupply station or a way station of some sort, you know? So he had a decent say in what goes on at Shepherd Station. His locker is where we find the map of the bottom of the ocean with lines leading to Roebuck drill, marking it on the map with a conspiracy red twine and a big red push pin. Oh, that is conspiracy stuff. It's like a Pepe Sylvia board. Oh man, it is. But more importantly, there's actually a pentagram drawn on his underwater map with a skull in it. Rarely. And a also good sign. there's a sketch of Cthulhu and a like, kind of H.R. Geiger looking sketch of a person kind of hunched up into a into a ball with long ass legs. Concerning. Oh, maybe that's where I got the idea about the clingers. Might have been from overanalyzing that. Maybe. Um, But yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff in that, which makes I would like to put forward the theory because firstly, it's very easy to read the end of the movie as and capitalism sucks and they sent them right back to the bottom of the ocean. It's a very easy read. And unlike Alien, we don't have the Wayland yutani Corp very blatantly saying, yes, we are sacrificing our people to find alien life that we're going to weaponize. We don't have that blatant story element in this. We do have the really chipper AI voice. We man, I yeah, give us all those Bioshock too. vibes. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I actually have However, a list written down of things that I got vibes of watching this movie, and it's like it's so many movies, it's so many video games. Like right, Bioshock and Dead Space because he picks up a, that plasma. Yeah, a lot of Bioshock, like, a lot of Dead Space, yeah. the Descent, a lot as well. Yes, a little bit of the thing, just in like a the bit. the group dynamic and the isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you kind of get the impression that like everybody has different jobs and that's why Emily is so worried about walking out in the water because she that's not part of her job. She's exactly. there to she's study down, algae She's a or scientist that's yeah. here to study deep sea life 
and they're like, yeah, you can sit on our drill. Nerd. <laughs> sure. But yeah. because of that horizon ish. Yeah. So T and industries sends them down here to drill at the bottom of the ocean. There is evidence that some people, at least, at least some people involved in the drilling on the bottom actively were searching for the big bad himself or some other source of forbidden knowledge and power. Sure. There's active searching for something bad at, and it's centered on the Roebuck drill site. Now it is worth noting that it was the Kepler drill that got picked up out of its hole and thrown away. Right. I don't know if that means that's where Cthulhu hatched or what, Maybe it was just some massive explosion that threw it out of there in conjunction with something else. We don't really know, but that's where event one happened. Also, where did all the people on Roebuck go? That was a question I was going to bring up. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that are just suspect. So I'd, I'd like to open up the floor to conspiracy theory ideas of if this movie had 10 more minutes, what would it have explored? Now, granted, none of us have watched uh, the uh, director's commentary track. I only just found out it exists, and I would love to have watched it, but I didn't have access. That would so. be cool. I think they would explore, with an extra 10 minutes, uh, Cthulhu's butt cheeks. They probably yes. would. Thank you for that. They would have fired a pod right up them. Okay. Here's my question. Was the captain, since those notes were in his locker room, was the captain trying to figure out if people were summoning Cthulhu and trying to stop them, or was he part of the people who was searching or summoning Cthulhu? I think he was searching, and he thought that they'd be able to find him without waking him up. I like That's that. That's more the camp that I'm in. That's I where I was at first, and then I, when you said, like, the conspiracy Pepe Silvia board, I was like, maybe he's been, like, trying to figure out what the higher-ups are in, up to, and he's mm. just recently found out because he works so hard to save everyone. Now, if you're saying he didn't want to wake up Cthulhu and that was an accident, then that also lines up. But another possibility is he's been working really hard this whole time to figure this out before everything went wrong. But things went wrong before he could stop it. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. when we see him, he really does seem to be peak despair. <laughs> yeah. He's having a bad time. It's not a good day. Um, he managed to send on it. Well, I mean, he did manage to send some people up to the surface and they did not survive because we know that because the end of the movie says there were two survivors. Yeah. And if that was a moment where they forgot at the beginning of the movie that he said he saved eight people, then that's a problem or what, you know, like, yeah. Well, we did find one of those pods that he had sent off. That we the did find one of them. It's kind of implied die. that they did just get wrecked immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the thought is either he sent a person away, he sent away a bunch of empty pods, but there was at least one dead person in a pod that got cracked open. So, yeah, I don't no. know. That's a really good question. Uh, it, it also raises the question to me of how far up did that planning go? Because... Yeah. Did, was it like did all the engineers were they in on it the people because my dad okay so fun fact about my dad my dad was a chemical engineer and part of his job was figuring out how to get oil out of the ground he worked in alaska and texas doing this um so i'm wondering if people like him were like in on it you know 
where they were Your like dad summoning Cthulhu. My dad summoning summoning Cthulhu. Oh no, deep lore. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the kind of question is like who who all could have been in on this and are and I see I saw this in like an article that was like what does this mean for potential sequels? I don't think this movie is getting a sequel. It made half I don't a, think it should. I think it would be really nice. I, I would love a sequel just because I think this is a fun world to explore, but I would like them to give this director alien. I would love them to move away from their current alien storyline <laughs> of alien covenant and uh, Prometheus and that like shit show and give us a scary alien movie again with this guy um, running it because it's the same. It's good vibes. I really hate and I that think you're suggesting to reboot alien. I agree. I At don't, the same okay. time, though, it's not going to be worse than the sequels that keep coming True. out. So it's kind of like they've already, uh, they have already rebooted Alien and they've yeah. done it poorly. Well, I think part of the fun of this movie is that it is like like you said at the beginning, it's doing everything the Alien did, but like in a new way. And mm-hmm. I think just saying, oh, someone did Alien right, and then to like instead of letting them continue to do additional things and new things, putting them on a, a franchise that's basically petered out at this point. I think I'd, I'd like to see him do more fun new things. It's kind of like, you you remember after The Endless how I was excited that Benson and Moorhead are working on Moon Knight. Yeah. I'm still excited to see that, but I'm like, these guys do such cool original work. I'm honestly a little, part of me is a little bit dead inside that they're having them work on a big property. Yeah, it sucks that they're getting put into a box. On the other hand, that yeah. could get them a lot more attention and funding, which yeah. would be helpful mm-hmm. for their original stuff. It also could do that. Um, you asked how far up does this conspiracy go, but I have a different question. How oh my God. low or down. does it go? <laughs> does Nora know? Because as soon as bad Nora stuff knows. starts happening and Rodrigo asks if it was an earthquake, she doesn't say, I don't know. She says very definitively, no, it's not an earthquake. As though she already suspects something specific. See, that's a good point, but she doesn't even know for sure that the captain's daughter died at 14. True. So I don't, I don't, I think if she didn't know that, then there's a low probability that she knew that anything else was going on. I mean, I don't know. I don't know a lot about my coworkers, but I also am aware of which of them think that the Freemasons are an evil cult and which (laughs) one of them's don't. That's an important thing to know about your friends. Well, I think that's incredibly applicable to the conversation we're having right now, too. She would need to know which Nora parts would of... not be a Freemason. Do so you think that Nora right. had, like, co-workers who were into the whole Cthulhu cult thing coming up to her and, like, subtly hinting that maybe she should come to a meeting this Saturday? I think that's what Paul did every single day. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Yo, Nora, we got our Cthulhu meeting. She's like... You go, Paul. I mean, well, we do Somebody get... walks up to her with like a little pamphlet, Hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he just, just like changes a new it a cult. little bit every time, but it new is cult every, every weekend. And all the Cthulhu worshippers <laughs> broke into a dead panic when he said the actual one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the two of them are, this is the comedy version of this movie. The two of them are the only ones that aren't actually in the cult, so it is just a joke to them. But everyone else around them every single day just hears them and they're just like sweating. <laughs> it's that picture of, of Jordan Peele yes. just like drenched. And that's everyone else on the Kepler just like 
But yeah, that's actually another thing is like, obviously, every company is going to be really secretive when a giant disaster happens. Oh, totally. Um, well, but also we do get all those uh, during the opening credits, we get all those like newspaper clippings that serve as our only real setup to the movie. And they're mm -hmm. all talking about there being like weird sightings uh, on the drills uh, at the bottom of the trench and stuff. And I couldn't tell if that was newspaper clippings or like internal documents that were being like I shown to us. That makes more sense. Both. That makes more it sense. It was definitely both. Yeah. Because like I, I liked that at the end of the movie where it's like the company is declining to let the survivors yeah. see. <laughs> Everything <laughs> about and, the situation is classified. <laughs> I'm guessing Emily and uh, what's his face. Um, the guy Smith. who plays Smith. Okay, Smith uh, is played by the same guy who played my favorite character in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, oh. Yeah. I am not know that he was played by. Oh, shoot. I was really hoping I'd remember his name. You have IMDb open. I'm not going to look up what's his name. <laughs> <laughs> the only other man in the movie. Yeah. You all know who I mean. Uh, do you mean John Goodman? John Goodman. I didn't know John Goodman was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> John Goodman. Oh, my Cthulhu. God. Uh, that, that'd be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're <laughs> I really want a version of this movie where it's just John Goodman lines from other movies. Anytime it's like, there is a shot of Cthulhu, like it's Kristen Stewart looking at him at the big window, and she's like running to the sides, and he's smashing down the hallways, and he's like, "You are out, you of, are your out element of your element. element. You're Kristen. like a child who walks into the middle of a movie and wants to know what's going on." <laughs> it's like um, the people who take James Spader's uh, Lizard King monologue from The Office and put it over Ultron in Age of yes. Ultron. It's, it's the ah, same vibes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god. Uh, this is a really good conspiracy section. I gotta hand it to, to yeah, us. I think it is fair to assume that there's a lot more higher-ups involved in this than would be implied. Also, there's a strong possibility. I mean, you're going to raise questions. Two drill sites were completely. One drill site was vaporized. The other drill site was completely destroyed, which, by the way, the imploding hallway looked so oh, yes. good. Yes. That yeah. looked so nice. I will. Your heart the, can like dr drop when like the oh outside shot in the very beginning where it like just crunches yeah, like a just tin like a can. Bang. Yeah. Oh, so good. I see Emma is having the same feelings that talking about it that I had watching it that first time. Because, <laughs> oh boy. I will ding them design points for not making tubes. Uh, because the inside doesn't need to be round, but the outside really should be round for like structural integrity reasons. Might be. I'm not I don't an, know enough I'm about not an architect. It, yeah. But I do know that round things crush harder than things with corners. For That's people fair. who enjoyed this movie, uh, two video games I would recommend are um, Subnautica and Soma, I'm pretty sure is what the other one is called. Uh, Soma more than Subnautica. But like both of those have tube-shaped outer like things. And I thought of both of those when we were um, watching this movie. Um Specifically so much. I would recommend Dead Space. And because Bioshock. it's not underwater, but it's the same vibe. Soma has a whole stretch where you're walking on the seafloor, just like in this movie, and there's like any moment something could come and get you. Yeah, I'm not playing that. <laughs> Yikes. 
yeah, horrifying. I would recommend Final Fantasy XIV, the award-winning <laughs> MMO that you can play up to level 60, including its first expansion pack, Heavensward. For free. <laughs> For free? <laughs> For free. Hot damn. So after that wonderful ad break, I was thinking maybe we can read Noah's notes. Um, I would love to can we give it Wait, just one moment here. Oh yeah, go for it. All this like hallway crushing stuff uh, mm -hmm. brings up something that I wrote very early on in my notes, which is water might actually be scarier than space. Yes. Because, I mean, you know, in terms of like the, the danger and the isolation and all those kinds of, you know, external factors that are provided, being underwater and being in space is, you know, a very similar like narrative kind of situation. But I think water just feels worse, you know, because like the, the idea of space feels so like passive, right? It yeah. feels like you're creating a, a bubble of life sustaining thing to move yourself through it. But space itself feels really passive, whereas water feels like it is very specifically trying to kill you the entire time that you're down mm -hmm. there. Yeah, yeah you know? and the, di the another difference is we think there might be things out in space trying to kill us. We know for a fact there are things in the water that are yeah. trying to kill us. And There's we don't know what they are, There's but sharks. we know they're there. And you can't yeah. see. That's the you biggest thing is them. you can't see as far because water just stops light at that depth. And you can oh, see yeah. infinitely in space. So it's like there's just this extra crushing claustrophobic element to it that like... I don't know. I just the 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 early scenes like the the opening shot is awesome as it's panning down the entire thing that as it goes all the way to the bottom of the trench. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. But also like just those those that early scene where we've got like Kristen Stewart in the bathroom and she's walking through the hallway and that drip falls down in front of her. Mm -hmm. As soon as you see that drip, you're just like, fuck, that means that yeah. everybody's about to die. Yeah. And you don't even like, know that, that that's the direction the movie's going yet. Like, so my favorite part was thinking, how much does this thing flex on a regular basis? Because yeah. right. when it's clearly tilty and that wind or in that mirror swings open, she's just like, oh, the mirror's open again. And she closes it yeah. like nothing and happened. You see the hallways rattling around and stuff. And mm -hmm. yeah. But then. One drip. I and get uncomfortable. My my stomach fell right out my butt. Yeah. Yeah. And it stayed out my butt for the whole movie. Now, as soon yeah. as the bad stuff started happening, then I thought it was like 15 minutes into the movie before I was finally like, oh, this isn't a mm -hmm. dream sequence then. All right. Because I thought with the way that her opening monologue starts out with like, you know, not knowing how time passes and not knowing whether you're dreaming or not, like, you know, that kind of, as she said, all of that, I was like, okay, so this disaster stuff that's happening right now is going to be over in a second. And she's going to wake up and be like, Oh, and, mm -hmm. and then the whole I like questioning reality thing would be uh, a theme going through the rest of the movie, which would have fit really well with the Alice in Wonderland. Alice thing, in Wonderland so right? I don't know why they didn't do that. <laughs> Honestly, you know why they but, didn't? This movie's really tight. It is. It is. 95 minutes of non-stop activity. It does like I remember in the theater, I felt like there was a much longer walking on the ocean floor part than there was. And I know that a lot of my feelings about that were because I was in a state of borderline panic, I want to say. And that is a hundred percent why I did not like this movie as much the first time, I think. 
it scared is because you too this much? pushed enough. I think it pushed enough fear buttons that while I was not like oh, afraid, I was incredibly uncomfortable and panicky mm. through the entire experience. Having a bad 99 percent sure that's what happened. Okay, that's valid though. Um, I wish if they could have tacked that onto the beginning and have it be like that was just her daydreaming in the bathroom like what's the worst that could happen and then something else happens it could be interesting but i'm also glad they didn't because also i think that jeff and i discussing how much underwater is scarier than space is uh like i i don't know that you and i are scared in the same way that noah and emma are of the underwater no like but I think it's our long form way of saying that we get it. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> cause like, I, I don't think I'm scared in the same way that you guys are in that. I, I can't, I can watch the movies and not be like when I was w- watching that the first time I was not in that state of panic. Cause it's not a specific phobia that I have. Right. But seeing that picture of that goddamn squid, like that gets me a little. I'm like, squid, why does it look like that? Knock, knock. Do you, do you guys <laughs> ever see those like videos where it's a picture of them like above water just kind of floating around? I hate those, I hate those so the much. Water, and there's a fucking shark. I, I hate those so much. Because <laughs> it's someone in like a normal pool in a forest that is for some reason inky black but with hands in it or something. I hate those so much. Emma, why would you make me think about those? I hate, oh my gosh, I hate those so much. <laughs> Crying out loud. Those are the worst. Someone talk about something because I'm going to spy. Oh, I was going to talk about the um, giant like worm colonies that are, that like are this like, t- like tunnel that just looks like a giant worm, but like not in a scary way. Here, I want to show you a picture. It, it, what? Here, I. Worms I, aren't scary. Look. You haven't da-da-da-da. seen these worms, man. No, he's not oh. scary. He's just a really cool looking. He's just a glowing ocean tube. It's just an ocean tube. It looks I'll like one it. giant worm, but it's not one it's giant not worm. It's not a giant worm. I think it's. What about what about Noah's notes? What about Noah's oh, yeah. right, notes? notes? Now, I thought that there's supposed to be a theme song for my notes, and well, I will not that. allow any of them to be read until I hear a theme song. Well, you better come up with one. I don't think I'm being unreasonable when I say, Jeff, you need to give me a theme song. Well, but I'm playing a reverse card on you. You have to come up with it. That doesn't it's feel good, pyros- does it? Wow. It's called a pyrosome. <laughs> what was that? What was that, Jeff? No, no, you have to <laughs> do it. Is that one of your notes ideas? Because uh, that note sucks. <laughs> you have to do it. Okay, I'm sorry. I was just sharing two facts. Um, <laughs> you no, guys there has good? To be, got, there has to be a theme song. I got no theme song, Jeff. No, okay, here we go. Here. here we go, everybody. I'll do the theme song this week. <laughs> Silence on set. Here we are, Noah's Notes. We have made it to this part of our show. So here we go. Let's all go to Noah's Notes. <laughs> I was, uh, that's really good. I was still stuck on worms. So I was going to uh, go for the beginning of the bullet with butterfly w- wings where it's like the world is a vampire, but I was going to be like the worm is a vampire. <laughs> 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 But Emma's is so much better, so let's do that. Is that an original song that you did for this? Or Me? Is, yes. That's a Emma original. Yeah, it wow. sounds like jingles nice. that I've heard you do before. I like. Wow. I, I don't know. I'm I'm make, Emma I make like up this. jingles Whoa. all the time. Yeah. 
No, I'm just saying Emma has a very distinct original style, and I knew right on the, off the bat that that was an Emma original. I'm done with yeah. worms. Let's talk well, about Well, if you're such notes. a huge fan of Emma, name three of her albums. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, actually, Noah's first note here is um, that I want to read is actually something that made me think really hard at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Kristen Stewart does not kill the spider by drowning it. Like, the spider obviously still dies a drowning death, but... As far as we know. I think it's really interesting because as far as I was like watching her, my thought when she saved that spider was like she was going to do it, but then she stopped. I like what I can imagine going through her head is like her imagining dying that death and being like, that sucks. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. That's something I face every day. I'm not going to do that to a spider. And so she saves it instead. I I don't know that that was my read on it. What was your read on it? I read it as we're supposed to get the idea that she's kind of a selfless person. I mean, that too. But maybe that's just a little another dimension of that same idea. I thought it was more to show us how depressed she was, that she was like, you know what? I'm not going to increase the suffering on this fucking drill thing by making this spider die. If he made it all the way down here, he deserves to live or something like that. Exactly. I think all of it together is just the like the empathy that she has for other people and other creatures. All three of what we kind of read from that situation is just reading that Kristen Stewart's character, Nora, has a really high level of empathy. And it's not in like the really basic way of like, I mean, it is a really basic way to to show that. But I still liked the scene. I still. I still liked it a lot, specifically because the way she was going to kill the spider is the way that she potentially could die every day of her life living under the water like this. Yeah. Um, what do we got? Uh, we've got the flexing and shifting question of I wonder how much the station would flex and shift on an average day. I assume not too much, but there would be a little, right? Uh, I think of like a house settling and how much that disturbs me in the middle of the night. I could not live on a space station or underwater where there's just going to be random stuff hitting against the outside every now and again or currents making it shift like that. Like I, I watch videos of people who live on boats just having the whole thing go almost vertical in waves sometimes. Uh-huh. I think to myself, I could not live like that. I could. think something was wrong every time something happened. Uh... Yeah, I like being able to set down a glass of milk without it spilling. Me too. It's pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> One of the underrated pleasures of living on land. First world problems. <laughs> um, we have all the sea god stuff on the walls. Nice basic foreshadowing. Yeah, I apparently didn't watch close enough to notice the sea god stuff that was mentioned both in the article that we read about what Cthulhu foreshadowing there was, and also in Noah's notes. Like, I should have, I was looking out for the tattoo, and I was looking out for the locker stuff, but I forgot to look out for the sea god stuff on the walls. Are we talking about, like, in the uh, the room where they're putting on their exoskeletons, and Emily, like, looks at it, and it fr- and she freaks out about it? Yeah. Ah, yeah. I, don't I was kind of wondering why they had that on the wall there. Yeah, there's, like, like a zoom in on some Who Aquaman. Who painted that dude? there? What? 
<laughs> right? Who Honestly, did I mean, sick bastard did that. There's a lot of sailors there. It's a sailor thing. That's like they're true. ocean I would people. Ordinary graffiti type stuff. So the drawn people on that the walls or like Sailor Jerry type flash art at the at the. I mean, um, it was kind of a Sailor Jerry thing. No, it I fucking have... wasn't. It was like a goddamn Baroque painting. What are you talking about? <laughs> I I have friends who sailed a wooden ship called the Odyssey that had carvings of Odysseus's journey. You know, Odysseus, the guy cursed by Poseidon to never be safe in the water. So sometimes I think about that. That seems. They're trying to do uh, a fake In poor out. taste. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it has cursed by Poseidon anything, to not be safe on the water. And also just if you follow the entire arc of his story, everybody on his crew died. <laughs> like, the thing has survived since World War II, so obviously the curse has not like had an issue. But still, okay, but um, boy, we have um, this movie is so incredibly claustrophobic. Followed by uh, watching that helmet crack is dead terrifying. Yeah, yeah. hearing the popping noises and even before there are visible cracks, I you just lose hear my it shit. and you know. Mm hmm. And you think about all that crushing pressure from all that uh, water. Oh, stop, no. <laughs> and you think about those spooky squids. Ah, the spooky squids. Just ah. drifting around. Um, we have when, when Emily mentions, um, like, having her realization that the little, little dude, the, the little face dude that they grab is a baby version of what might be out there. Um... Noah just wrote, it do indeed be a baby. It do. Yeah. It do indeed be a baby. Also, this is something that I didn't notice the first time, uh, but when they're running from the bottom of Kepler Station into the tunnel, there's some, uh, there's some clingers just standing there at the top of the, uh, at the top of the, yeah. like, rock outcrop. Oh my I'm God. Just standing and watching, like. Just chilling. Yeah, full straight up standing pure black outline just staring at him absolutely terrifying you could see their eyes glint every now and then uh, yeah i know there's a lot that. of stuff in the earlier uh underwater scenes um where you see them just like standing out there in the background so by the time paul says slender man looking thing you've like already noticed it mm -hmm. and you think Once like again. oh that was uh, that was actually a thing that wasn't just like a shadow in the background or something once again, you can't just say Slenderman looking thing and then pretend that you didn't purposefully give it a Slenderman looking shape. At least they're mm -hmm. not wearing suits. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The Look at all those men low. in diving suits at the bottom of the ocean. That's um, weird. That man's it's wearing like a bio shock. <laughs> I already have my pick for next week, but given what you guys just said, like I wish I could change my pick to Ghost Ship because I feel like it does so much wrong about sea horror in that there's almost no, no sea elements. I've been looking forward to your pick. Don't change no, it. No, I'm not going to change it. And we got to space out ghost ship from yeah, everything no. else. I, I really want to do a ghost <laughs> ship event horizon double feature because we did it by accident, but it's actually the perfect double feature in the long run. Um, we have this note 
in the book. Paul, you haven't actually said anything about the book for, uh, other than a single quote. I feel like you can't just say, in the book, like everyone's on the same page as you. Yeah, they never actually say the words Alice in Wonderland in this freaking Well, movie. that would be a little too on the nose, don't you think? He can say Alice in Wonderland when well, he's, like, he says, quoting it. in the book, Alice, blah, blah, blah. So, I yeah. mean, it is... I, it, feels like there's a deleted scene where he does say the words he Alice looks in Wonderland. He dead in the camera and says, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> this movie is an homage well, to Alice in Wonderland. In the book feels like he definitely did mention it earlier on, but like... I mean, he quoted cut. the book earlier on. He does, yeah. But he just said it's from a book. If you don't know book. where you're going, yeah. Mm-hmm. He says it's from a book. He could have just said it's from Alice in Wonderland. Like it wouldn't have, especially since he's a huge fan of Alice in Wonderland, as demonstrated by everything about him. When someone, when I quote something that I like, I don't say it's from a movie. I say what movie it's from. It's from Phenomena. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> I feel like that's most of my conversations, though. Just um, quoting the Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Another John uh, Goodman movie, by the way. That's another set of quotes no. that we could toss on to Cthulhu there. We have minus 20 points for mentioning Slenderman. Yeah, well, I stand by you my still opinion. gave it an 8 out of 10 and not a negative whatever. A negative 12? Like, I'm going to mark it a negative 12. Why is... I, I really... I understand that you don't want people to talk about Slenderman, but, like... I didn't think that was a bad reference to make. I think I hated it mostly because it was still just TJ Miller. That's fair. Okay. Okay. With his other deliveries. It felt a little bit cringy. I I don't know that like referencing pop culture and movies often comes off as a little bit cringy to me, especially internet culture. Um, And from the main character of the emoji movie to reference Slenderman in a different movie did make me a little annoyed. I feel like you've referenced a, the Emoji Movie many times recently, I feel like and I we don't can't appreciate it. Count the it's because Emoji of TJ Movie Miller. against Underwater because we they can, are separate TJ movies Miller's and completely it. unrelated to one another, other than the existence Miller. of TJ Miller in real life. No, I, I want to <laughs> be real mean life to is TJ something Miller, that you're supposed to like connect. forget about when you're watching movies. He deserves you're supposed it. to I acknowledge mean, the fact that that's TJ Miller it. playing a character and not just no, TJ Miller. No, I'm just saying that we can life. forget the other movies he was in while he's doing this. You're role. not supposed to think about that while you watch movies. <laughs> That's all uh, I'm saying. You can't keep. I mean, who's the one who mentioned things about this movie and then being like, "Well, the emoji movie exists, so that means was in Ocean's Twelve. That was me. You. I'm. Yeah, and I didn't say that as a detractor. It was just that was a fun fact. This is the only other movie I have seen him in. I have seen a very interesting fun fact. Isn't he the teacher in Black Swan? He is in Black Swan, but I've never seen it. No. Oh, I, we should watch that one. Fuck Black Swan. All my homies hate Black Swan. Anyway, that guy has a really interesting face, honestly. He does. He's got a He's the face. most French person I've ever it's seen in so my life. Dist- it's so French. He kind of looks and like Antonio so Banderas, except French. He looks so much less French with the stubble, which reminds me of a picture of Hugh Laurie I saw with no stubble. Oh, that's weird. And... Yeah, they were like, oh, so the reason they had House be all stubbly is because he looks a million percent more British without any facial okay, hair. Okay, this is an important mm. note. 
I can't oh. tell if all the little dudes are hanging onto his skin or sprouting from his skin, but I really hate the latter option. Yeah. Oh, it's like a Medusa um, situation. Some of them definitely seem to be Except separate. Cthulhu is like, you know, Hungarian or something, so he's just covered in hair. Except the hair is monsters. What, what was the sentence you even just said? I have no <laughs> idea what you just said, and I didn't like it at all. That was just bad. What? <laughs> no. What? Why would you say that? You of all people. You just said Kulu's a hairy Hungarian, but his hair is the monsters. Yeah, it's like That's a Medusa not okay. situation. No, that, that is, is not a good point. It could be like a Medusa situation. <laughs> yeah, but he specifically was like, yeah, he's a hairy Hungarian, but his body hair is monsters. <laughs> and that's I just hate that so much. What what part of that is so terrible? Everything. Is it being racist against Hungarians? Because I no, know some I Hungarians. It's... it's OK. They said I could say it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that concludes Noah's notes, apart from the one thing that says, two things, actually. One says, depth, 6.9 miles. Nice. <laughs> Roebuck was 6.9 miles down. And then we have two notes later. Oh, yeah. The Vor scene. Can we talk about the Vor scene really quick? I, I just want to mention that these shots of through Kristen Stewart's helmet, seeing the inside of this monster as it attempts to swallow her whole, like a snake unhinging its jaws as she's trying to stick the flare gun up, like pull, pull her arms to her side so that she can shoot it from the inside terrifying yeah loved it the, yeah. the effects were actually really good seeing like raw squishy translucent meat like pressed up against the glass terrifying yeah. gross and especially liked, oh. as she like crawls out of the body and she looks around and there's all those other ones just standing there and watching and it's like oh They're no like, is she gonna have to do, do this again <laughs> are they just gonna keep doing this until somebody eats her successfully <laughs> like oh I think she only had one flare, so it sucks for her. No, no, she had two, because oh, she, she shot the other one at Cthulhu. Yeah. She's like, how big is that? And then she lit him up, and he was big. He was. Massive. See, I'm a... Something Nina decided to not mention is the part where Nora gets her new outfit that looks like the next level armor item, because it's it a does. different color, and it's studded with... It's got a bunch of spikes on it. Yeah, it's kind of odd. I loved I that. I thought it was but older like, than the one that she was actually wearing, so I, mean, I felt like a downgrade. Well, I mean, it clearly is older, but it also, in armor terms, if you look at it, it's clearly better. That's fair. <laughs> you know, all, all the games are like, when the armor is better, it's got more spike on it. That's the games true. have told me this in the past. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah. That was underwater. Um. I don't know. Anyone have any other thoughts about the movie before we wrap up? Um, the soundtrack's nothing special, but I like it. It works for what it is. Yeah. There isn't. Is there much of a soundtrack? Just a little bit. I only noticed it a few times. It's tasteful. I, yeah. It does its job. All I remember is TJ Miller cranking the radio and being like, OK, I'll turn it down. Fine. And then <laughs> the pop song during the credits. And oh yeah, I remember that part. That's all I remember. Wrong. I think they should have had like a tool song or something. 
I think they should have had a Rob Zombie original soundtrack song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Underwater, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Cthulhu rising from the bottom of the sea, yeah! Look, here's the thing. We do and just need John a... Five solo. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I just realized that the company that they work for is called Pontus Endeavors, and Pontus is the Greek titan of the sea. Oh. And then later they're talking about the, ro- the Roebuck drill, and they're like or the Kepler or whichever, and they're like, this is the Titan of drilling technology. Titan class drill, yeah. Yeah. Titan class drill. The Roebuck. So fun little, more nods. They didn't talk about that in their little nods to things, but I think it's fun. I mean, I'm sure that if we actually watched the movie with the The director director commentary, commentary, he probably would mention, yeah, we we decided to delicately sprinkle in so much mythology. (laughs) Honestly, which is, it's actually kind of neat. In the long run, I love little nods like that. Personally, it feels like a love letter to things that inspire you to like mm. not like fully base yourself off of that mythology, but to like mention it every now and again. I it like makes that. it feel less like a uh, uh, poorly thought through rip off of other things. Mm-hmm. It shows that actual thought and effort was actually put into it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that's underwater. I recommend you check this one out. I definitely slept on it at first, and by slept on it, I mean I watched it opening night and said, nah, this sucks. Yeah, I was about to say, if by slept, you mean shit. Yeah, but (laughs) it's very, very much worth a return to. I think we can all agree on that one. It's at least worth a single watch. Yeah, Um, it's on HBO. It is on HBO for free right now. Oh. You know, if you're you're a millionaire with HBO... (laughs) I am really sorry. I want to read something that made me very angry really quick and then oh, okay. we'll move on. This is a re- film review that um, sucks. It, it, is it, it a says review the, of film, the film opens with its grabbiest visual effect, which is Kristen Stewart's hair. It's been dyed to a whiter shade of blonde and cropped so prison camp short that it's beyond anything that pretends to look fetching. What? But that's what's supposed what? to make it cool. Huh? Are you okay, calling so, my wife ugly? Okay, so first she off, looked good. When, when you said Kristen Stewart's name, I was dead terrified you were about to say her feet. No. Um There is a there is a shot that does linger too long on her feet, but that's not what we're talking about. You can tell that guy hates women. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. God forbid. He probably calls them a, females when he's talking to his friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. What a long-winded way to say that I like you wouldn't let your wife cut her hair. What a short. long-winded way to say you're homophobic. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Anyway, I just hated that and I wanted to share it with you that guys. That was bad, Nina. No. That was really <laughs> bad. Now, if he would have said you're that welcome. the combination of the hair and the glasses made her look like Eminem, I could hear that. However, <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's also true. That's he actually didn't very say true. Say that. Therefore, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make the clear connection anyway i i think that it was fun to talk about this movie and i'm glad we did it yeah Yeah. had a great time watching it i liked it a lot so Um, nina what movie are we watching next yeah next week we are going to watch spring uh by directors benson and moorhead who made the endless um hold on and let me see wow we just watched a movie by them yeah we we did. did what was it 
The Endless. Oh, I remember that movie. It's a good <laughs> wow. seven out of ten. Um, that one is revised to an eight. It looks like it is on both Prime and Hulu if you have a basic subscription. It doesn't say premium subscription, so that doesn't mean HBO. It doesn't say HBO anywhere on here. You don't need HBO. It's also on Tubi. It's also on Tubi Aha. if you are cheap AF. <laughs> if you're and one of mine. Or not Tubi. But yeah, so definitely watch that one before you tune in because you're going to want to go into that having already watched the movie and you're going to want to go into the movie as blind as possible. So yeah, don't watch a trailer. Don't. Cool. <laughs> did you did you watch a trailer? Nina? I haven't seen the, anything about it. Good. Neither have I. I'm just super excited. I'm I'm, ex- I'm really excited to see what you guys think next week as someone who did watch a trailer. I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, um, and Emma? Since someone you're very excited, where could people see you being excited about things? That one fell apart. If you want to see me being excited about things, you can find me on Twitter. And actually, I have an updated at. So Ooh. I'm at Emma Panada now. Nice. That's M Panada, but with Emma. So you can find me there. Um, you can also find me as the one who runs the podcast Twitter at Casual Horror Pod. Yeah. So you can follow us there if you want updates on what movies we're going to be talking about and some other random things that I post sometimes. Um, I'm also going to be starting um, to be a player for a streamed campaign um, over at twitch.tv slash Stella Luna. Uh, I'm playing as a player through the, was it the Ghosts of Salt March? Salt Marsh. Um, and that's starting, I mean, it's this Wednesday, so it'll be last Wednesday by the time this episode came out, comes out, but we'll be playing every other week and that should be a good time. Nice. Nice. Super duper. Uh, Jeff, how about you? Well, you could find me on uh one of them places where i am god damn uh instagram at the hammer of jeff and twitter at bubba wubba dab b-u-b-b-a-w-u-b-b-a-b-a-d-d-a-b-b-d-b you had it and then you fitzed out no i got it i i messed up the last three letters that's what i said it's fine no you said you'll figure it out whatever it's fine. Uh, you can find me, Nina Wolverina, at that address basically anywhere, unless you're looking for horror-specific content. In which case, you can find me at House Usher Rises. I post live threads sometimes about movies that I watch that don't make it to the podcast because they suck so bad that I can't even talk about like them. Like Edgar Allan Poe. Like, um, yeah, what's it called? Extraordinary Tales, an animated anthology of Edgar Allan Poe stories that um, is most of the shorts are worse than student thesis films for CalArts that I have seen, uh, which Yikes. is not a, sh- a shit on CalArts students. They are incredible. Um, it's more of a shit on people who can manage to hire Guillermo del Toro to narrate a story but can't freaking get good animation sorry manage to license Bella Lugosi reading a story but yeah. can't do anything good with that either yeah uh so yeah wow. no if you want to get more details on how bad that was uh definitely check out how Sasha rises on twitter and as always you can find me as Bubba the Bad B-U-B-B-A-D-A-B-A-D on Twitch Twitter and Insta I am there <laughs> 
Hell yeah. I haven't had much good stuff to say recently uh, because I try to not tweet about work. But I'm going to try and tweet about movies more because I actively do want to do that. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Oh, nice. Neat. Well, everybody, we will see you next time when we talk about the movie Spring. Thanks so much for listening and see you later. Thank you.